Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Howdy, Todd. Dr. Wagnall, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. We are going to talk today about obsessive compulsive behavior. Hmm. Otherwise known as OCD, that's obsessive compulsive disorder, technically. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're talking about the behavior that's present in that disorder? Yeah, so this came up because I I had a um, question about um, frequent hand washing. Mm. So feeling like compelled, even though this person, even though they knew their hands weren't dirty, they just washed their hands, hadn't touched anything else. Right, they had got the feeling that they were and that they should wash them again. Mm-hmm. Right, so you see this come up with a, in a lot of different types of behaviors. It could be compulsive checking, right? Like there are people who feel like they have to check the doors, you know, five times before they go to bed mm-hmm. to make sure mm-hmm. that they're they're locked, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or even um, checking in with other people. You see this a lot, like constant re- like reassurance seeking mm-hmm. has yeah. follows the same kind of compulsive pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it might be interesting to talk about kind of the underlying dynamic here. Sure. Obsessive compulsive behavior. So let's let's kind of break those two things down. What what is an obsession versus a compulsion? An obsession is is a, a thought or an internal kind of ac- exercise that you're you're worrying basically about ruminatively or, or in a pattern over and over and over and over and over again. Mm. My so hands are dirty. My hands are dirty. My hands are dirty. What if that germ got on me? What if there's yep. this? What if and it's it's a obsessive form of thought. That is present in OCD. And it's almost always tied to anxiety, right? It, the, like, the thought produces a ton of anxiety. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What if? Yeah. And, and I tell my clients all the time, anytime you see the words what if in your thoughts, that's worry or anxiety right. related. Yeah. So it's a dead giveaway. And there's a lot of that in obsessions. What if this? What if that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's tricky because when people talk about OCD or obsessive compulsive behavior, you um, you get the thought part, the obsession, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm. the, the thought. And then as we'll get to the, the compulsive part, which is the behavior, mm-hmm. actually washing your hands or actually checking the door. Right. But what's what's not stated in the term, which I think is it's unfortunate <laughs> because it's kind of the, the linchpin of the whole thing is there's a tremendous amount of emotion, of difficult, painful emotion, that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I think that's key to be aware of, right, is that it's the, the obsession produces the emotion, which then kind of propels you toward um, the the compulsion or the behavior. Yeah, the behaviors that are meant to kind of neutralize all that anxiety or get rid of it, right? Yeah. Ah, so, okay, so that's, I think that's another really key thing mm-hmm. to point out, right, is that, a lot, so a lot of people come to me and they'll say like, yeah, I'm just compulsively washing my hands, but I, you know, it's, it's really frustrating because I know they're not actually dirty, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or everyone's mm-hmm. telling me like, relax, your hands yeah, aren't I, dirty. You know, like I, I know after the fifth time I did it, I'm probably pretty right. good, but man. So yeah. why do I keep doing this? Right. Right. So you sort of hinted at the answer there, right? Mm-hmm. Like if your rational brain kind of knows I'm not getting anything out of, like, I know the door is locked. I've already checked it three times. Like, why do I feel so compelled to check it a fourth time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's like, what's the deal? What, what's going on there? Yeah, well, the the behavior, the compulsion often kind of negatively reinforces or is, is negatively reinforced, right? So you, you wash your hands and you get this little relief for 30 seconds a minute where you're like, okay, good, hmm. got that done. And then pretty soon your mind starts back with the obsession. What if, 
you miss that part in your middle of your fingers or what it, oh you touch that door as you left the bat you know and here we go again and it all ramps up and then to get rid of that worry or that frustration you feel like i've got to wash my hands again in hopes that you'll get yes. that relief again that okay i feel better now so i think that is like maybe the single most important thing to understand about um, this obsessive compulsive dynamic is that the compulsion the behavior checking the front door washing your hands whatever it is asking for reassurance the the object of that behavior is not the thing itself it's your emotion it's mm -hmm. how you feel right right it's not about making sure the door is locked right, right? you know it's locked it's about making you less nervous feel and better. anxious yeah exactly yeah so i think that is super key um to just drill into your mind with with this is that it's and it, that's why it's such a bummer that emotion is not part of the the term because <laughs> yeah. that's the most integral part that's why people miss that and they get super frustrated and actually more anxious with themselves because they're like am i crazy like mm -hmm. I know I, I I know I don't need to be doing this stuff. Why am I doing it? Right. And the only thing I think a lot of people, if this goes on long enough, they they assume like, well, something's just broken in there, and right. like I'm just nuts. I must just be nuts, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? My just my brain just won't think. Right. Yeah, it's just not yeah. working. Right. This is completely irrational and crazy. But I I feel so compelled to do it. I just have to do it. And really, what you're on is this interesting roller coaster of these obsessive thoughts that cause this extreme anxiety, followed by your behavior meant to take that anxiety away, wash your hands, and some relief that's felt there, and then mm -hmm. upward we go again with more obsessive thoughts because they're obsessive. Uh, they don't just stop once you've washed your hands. They they continue, and so you're constantly building this anxiety. And then the compulsions are meant to kind of help you find relief. But actually, the only thing that gets reinforced is I need to keep washing my hands. I need to keep checking the door. That's um, my only solution to this anxiety. What do you mean by breakdown? It gets reinforced. Um, well, as soon as you wash your hands, you, you get a little sense of relief. You get that like, oh, mm -hmm. good, I'm fine. But the obsessive thoughts start to get soon again after that. And... Away we go. Yeah. So like the way I think about it is you're, you're learning that this is how I deal with feeling afraid. This is my is solution. That, I, yeah. I wash my hands or I check the door. Yeah, or I check or I count or I, you know, touch these things this way or walk this way or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So what do you, let me throw something out at you. What do you think about this? I think OCD, obsessive compulsive behavior, whatever you want to call it, is an addiction. It's the exact same process that you find in any sort of addiction where something happens, there's a trigger, right? So in an addiction, it might be, um, you know, you see someone, you hear someone crack open a beer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which triggers a thought mm -hmm. of like, mm, a beer would really be good right now, which creates a strong emotion, right? And technically, a aversive emotion, craving mm -hmm. is aversive. Mm -hmm. When you, you wanna, want something and don't have it, you that's a bad that. feeling, you wanna yeah. satiate it, right? So you end up taking a drink, right? You feel compelled to, even though you know you shouldn't, mm -hmm. I've been sober for two months, like I know I shouldn't do this, but you feel compelled to do it anyway. So you do it and it ah, feels so good and it takes away that craving, right? Temporarily. Temporarily. Right? But the next time that happens again, the next time you're triggered, right? By the, I don't know, the sound of someone cracking a beer or someone pulling out a cigarette or whatever it is, right? It's you, you have this learning history that like, mm, the way I get, I can get rid of that feeling, this, this craving by, you know, taking another drink, mm -hmm, whatever it mm -hmm. is. So I think the exact same, same thing happens 
with obsessions and compulsions. So you, you notice like, hmm, my hands feel a little bit greasy. I haven't washed them in a while. It makes you, so then you get this, this anxiety of, well, they must be dirty, right? Mm-hmm. They're, I wonder if they're dirty, like oh, I might get an infection or something, right? Mm-hmm. So now there's all this anxiety, right? And you know, mm, if I go wash my hands, right? Or if I do this like ritual, I wash it a certain way for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. I'll feel relief afterwards, mm-hmm. temporarily, mm-hmm. right? So you do it, right? But then that behavior, like you were saying, it gets reinforced, right? So the next time this situation comes around, you're that much more likely to feel compelled to do the same thing. And the more you do this, the stronger that association becomes and the more compelled you will feel, the harder you will find it to do anything else but the specific compulsion. Yeah, and and, and the compulsive behavior doesn't exactly bring a smile to your face either. I mean, once somebody washes their hands too many times and they're, they're raw and it hurts and it's painful, it's still the only solution they have. So they'll do it, right? It's that it's right. That compul- compelled to do that. Yeah. So, well, but that's what you see in, in serious addiction too. Mm-hmm, it, you, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, it's negatively reinforcing. It's not about adding anything good anymore. It's just about alleviating those withdrawal symptoms. I, I, it's I can, about getting rid of a negative. I like, I like this, uh, simile in that there is the removal of kind of a negative emotion in some of that. I don't, well, that's I don't what I'm know that I'm going to go as far as to say it's just like addiction, but I get what you're saying there. Well, I mean, oh, <laughs> I think OCD can be just as hard to get out of as oh, yeah. addictions. This, right? is, a, I mean, this is a very as, pernicious and, and really difficult disorder. But I think yeah. it's the same. The underlying psychological mechanism is the same. What's different about it, psychologically speaking? Um, I'm not I'm not sure. I think there's a dopamine issue in addiction that maybe not be present in OCD where it's just purely relief. I think in some addiction there is a dopamine, a pretty strong dopamine reaction there too that's reinforcing as well. Well, yeah, often in the early stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and some drugs in particular maybe have less of that, like heroin or something like that. Because by the time someone's really involved with heroin, it's just about not feeling sick anymore. It's not about getting high. And that, that would mm. fit. Um, right. Certain but, things like but drinking, when, though. And, but when you're in it, mm-hmm. right, it's all about maintenance. It's about what's maintaining this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's, the, it's that negatively reinforcing. It's the relief from the relief. an uncomfortable emotion. Could be. Could be. I, I still think there's a dopamine issue there. But, but I definitely see the relief issue <laughs> as, as a, a shared commonality there. We won't argue about neurochemistry because I don't think it's <laughs> either of us is qualified <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Um, but the point is that it's that to deal with obsessive compulsive behavior, I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to understand the actual mechanism, yeah. like what's going on I'm here. Getting relief and, and yeah, through this behavior. Right. Yeah. And, but that each time you take that relief in the short term, you're making it harder and harder to not take that same route the next time. Well, you're reinforcing the idea that I have to do something in order for this to go away, you know, and, and there's a dangerous game to play with your thoughts, period. Okay. Talk more about that. I think that's really important. Um, when your solution to dealing with thoughts is, is I have to do something, then, then you're, you're stuck. You emotions, have to, to do something. With emotions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, or even thoughts, right? Even, even thoughts, emotions and thoughts that right. are, but the thoughts are only problematic because they produce difficult emotions. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah. So learning to, to react to your emotions that way as if, as if there are things that you have to behave around, um, starts a very difficult behavior pattern in, in all sorts of ways. But um, but the way you see it in OCD, 
um, it, it again, there's that manifestation of, oh God, this is the only solution I have, you know, and and I have to do it. And right. there's, there's the compelling, the compulsion kind of part of that is I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no other way to deal with this. Yeah. You get kind of blinders. I think it's also like a confidence issue. I see this a lot with my clients who have compulsive behaviors. That they won't um, be able to deal with. Yeah. It's that I know this will give me, I'll feel a little bit better if I do this right now. And I'm not sure that if I don't do anything about this, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I just. Well, and it's tricky because that obsessive thought is just, they, they kind of realize too, this obsessive thought's just going to not, it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And in order for it to go away at all, I've got to do this thing. And, and right. that's, I think there's a relationship that's really tragic in, in that kind of a philosophy, I guess. Yeah. Well, and it really is a philosophy. I think that's the, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a belief about your own mind and how it works mm-hmm. that's at the root of this, Yeah, which is if, if a difficult emotion comes up, the real assumption behind it is it will either get worse or not, at least not go away unless I do something about it. Or it'll drive me mad or yep, I'll, yeah, crazy I'll, I'll end or, up in the emergency room and yeah, taking my clothes off and running around the streets and arrested yep. or yeah, there's a lot of uh, intense um, negative prediction around what will happen if I have certain thoughts or certain feelings for too yeah. long. Yeah. And this over changing this belief to emotions are something that are very difficult and painful even sometimes, but they can't actually hurt me and I can tolerate having them without doing anything. This is the, this is the core feature of the most successful treatment and approach to really any type of anxiety, but in particular OCD, which is called exposure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is essentially training yourself to believe I can handle this emotion without doing anything. I don't have to do anything. Right. And, and yeah, and, and there's the crux of what you're really, you're, again, you're trying to look at that philosophy of I have to do something because I cannot tolerate these emotions and trying to reformat that entirely to I can tolerate any emotion. And, but specifically, you have to prove it to yourself. You can just tell yourself, oh, yeah, sure. I, you know, like, yeah, this will be fine, right? Yeah, it'd be cool you, if you could learn something like that just from reading it, right? But right. Or just from having your therapist tell you, no, oh, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that We'd be out of a job if you could learn that <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, there is this essential um, learning component of behavior. That, that yeah, behavior it, is required for a lot of learning. Right. So let, let, let's get super specific. If you have this issue with hand washing, mm-hmm. for instance, mm-hmm. right? If you feel like, you frequently have this thought that like your hands are dirty, which produces anxiety. And in order to get some relief from that anxiety, you go wash your hands three or four times, right? Essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think essentially the way out of that is to slowly but surely show yourself, I don't have to wash my hands right away. I could, I could wait 20 seconds and then wash my hands. Mm-hmm. Now, if it, and then the next time it happens, same thing. I could wait 20 seconds. Now, if you do this for, let's say for two weeks, you, instead of just washing your hands right away, as soon as you feel anxious about feeling dirty or having germs, you wait 20 seconds. Well, what have you taught yourself? You've sort of proven to yourself, okay, I can at least tolerate this emotion for 20 seconds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it's not nothing. Then maybe you, so you get a little bit of confidence there, right? Not a ton, but a little bit. Maybe you bump it up to 30 seconds, right? For another week or two. Mm -hmm. I'm deliberately going very slow here, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is how we learn and get stronger in anything. 
you're lifting weights, if you're playing a musical instrument, if you're whatever, you practice at something that's uncomfortable until it starts to be comfortable and then you bump up right to the next level. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the same thing goes for how do you teach yourself to tolerate difficult emotions, right? And not do the compulsion that you feel like you need to, to get rid of them. Well, you slowly build up your tolerance to it. Mm -hmm. And that that's, it's basically as simple as that. Right. Am I wrong? No, no, it's definitely learning through that behavior of doing nothing, right? Which it seems so kind of... Um, it's counterintuitive. Counterintuitive, right. Yeah. To handle this extreme fear, I do nothing. That right. doesn't make any sense. We have such an action bias. Yeah, we do. It's, right? it's weird do. to think. Yeah. Yeah. But there's the compulsion. Is it an I got to do, right? Right. And so we want to uh, want to avoid that. So, yeah, learning to do nothing in, in the face of anxiety mm-hmm. um, is, is, a, is a crucial kind of uh, lesson to be learned there. Yeah. And it is a psychological superpower to really in your bones believe that like no matter what kind of an emotion I'm, I'm feeling, I don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I can just let it, I can let it ride. Yeah. And, and as, and as simplistic as this sounds, I, I definitely want to validate how awful and, and, and extreme the anxiety in um, OCD is. It's just that learning to not respond to these emotions in, in the way that you have is, is going to be your best bet for declaring freedom over it one day. Right. Well, and that and learning is key. Again, this is something like nobody just goes out and runs a marathon. Just nobody just it. picks up right. a guitar and like learns how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. Right. But you, you, and you see this in the verbalizations of someone in your office as you're doing these kind of exposure exercises. Sometimes you'll hear them say, I have to, I feel mm-hmm. like I've got to, and it's this, these, these thoughts and beliefs that cause this extreme anxiety that the only you know form of relief is for them to engage in that compulsion, um, and so a lot of those anxiety exercises or, or those exposure exercises, excuse me, are aimed at initiating that anxiety, doing nothing, right. and then the learning process of oh I can tolerate this I can go twenty seconds a minute five minutes ten potentially as long as I want, yeah. um, but you really see the severity of what they're feeling in, in kind of the verbalizations of what they're saying while they're doing exposure sometimes in the first few sessions. It's mm-hmm. very terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I, I, I tell my clients a lot, um, working through something like this, really any kind of anxiety, it's, it's not about lowering your anxiety, really. It's about building your confidence that you can handle whatever anxiety pops up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because you we're all going to feel anxious. Everybody feels anxious. Everybody feels all sorts of things all the time, right? But if, if you feel compelled to have to do something about that feeling, right? That's like you said, it's, you're kind of a slave to it. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of a, a, a captive. Yeah. Where you feel like you have to do right. something. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in any, and it, it's not just, OC, you know, clinical OCD. I think it's, this stuff happens on a spectrum. You go, a lot of people have, don't necessarily have severe OCD, but you, we can get into these kind of compulsive, pat- like I mentioned reassurance seeking is a really yeah. common one I see where you feel in relationships like checking yeah, you, in, are we okay? You, you need to make a me? decision. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, should I do this? Should uh, I do that right? I, don't know. I, do I feel kind of anxious. Like yeah. uh, I'll better ask and check. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you're doing when you do that is you're, you're teaching your own brain. I'm not, I can't be trusted to make big decisions. Right. Or I, I can't trust that my partner will tell me when they're upset with me. <laughs> right, right, right. Which, which means you you are actively chipping away at your confidence. Yeah, or you're you're declaring yourself an un um, an uneducated expert in your own well being almost. Like yeah, I've I've got to know from them 
if I'm okay. Right. And, and oftentimes we ask for that reassurance when that anxiety has built up. Did I offend them? Did I say something? Mm. And we start getting more and more nervous about it and anxious about it. And then the validation seeking comes, hey, are we okay? Did I, you know, yeah, there it is. Yeah. And it's important to nip this stuff in the bud if you can, because this, it can turn into the point where you have no tolerance for even little bits of anxiety. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. minute, just the tiniest little thought of like, oh, they looked a little annoyed at me. Like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Like, what did I do? Come on, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's a really, that's not only is it really, that's an anxious world for you, but it's a, it's a hard way to live with someone else when they're constantly afraid of how you're feeling and what's going on. And you know, it's just, it can be tough on a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But for both people. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so tall, you know, it's a theme we talk a lot about, but tolerance of difficult emotion as opposed to, I need to do something to make it go away. Yeah. So many of these things are reduced to a relationship with an emotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it makes sense that we have such a hard time with this because, Everything I feel like everything you hear about in sort of emotional health is it's all about I need a, a particular like tool, I need a coping strategy, I need something that will help me get rid of this difficult feeling. I need it if I just did my mindfulness breathing enough, I wouldn't feel so anxious. And that's a real shame because even you know, if you if you, we mentioned self help earlier, and, and um, even if you go there, you see books titled Get Rid of Your Anxiety, mm-hmm. Get Rid of Your, and it's like, what in the world are you coaching people to do in that? <laughs> book because anxiety is a very normal, healthy emotion. You would want to get rid of that. Yeah. Ironically, the way to get rid of extreme anxiety is to be willing to have small and medium doses of it. Yeah. Or even extreme. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's funny how the answer to our emotions all the time is this counterintuitive like acceptance of and learning to work with rather than avoiding all the time. Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.